Hey, what's going on, my friends? Today is the 27th, the 27th of October, 2021. Pulling out of my office here, 723. It's not too shabby. Not too shabby for Dr. O. We'll be getting out at that time. So, today was a good day. It was full. It's positive. <clears throat> Fulfilling. Full of colorful characters and unconditional love and the search for meaning. You know, I was just talking to my friend Emily about. Uh, and I've been pondering this. I might have mentioned this on previous podcasts. You ever see the movie The Big Fish? Big Fish, it's called. I, just, I remember it being a great movie. I think I'm going to read the book. And watch the movie another time. It's about this guy who... This man who had many adventures. I think the father was the, the man. The main character was a boy. And his father... <clears throat> I guess you could say he was the main character, but the son was viewing the life of his father and growing up in what seemed like the 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And the father would tell these, he'd come home from his sales job or whatever, and he would seemingly make up these stories of whatever. He was actually a spy or an espionage or that he was involved in, or, you know, he talked to this guy today who was actually a fish, and um, he, uh, every night after work, he would go home and have to find his way to the river where he would then go out to the open ocean and see his family, and then every day he would start by, you know, go the opposite direction, he'd come out. I mean, I'm just making that part up. But he would, his father would tell these incredible stories, spin these yarns about the people and the occasions that filled his life. And I, it makes me, it reminds me of my father. Like I was having just a brief engagement with my sister the other night on. WhatsApp. It's a great little communication tool. Share videos and images. <clears throat> anyway, so I asked her about some of the characters that my father used to speak life into. The stories that my father would come home with, or the stories of his people that he grew, knew grew up and in his life and in his work and in the military and he would tell these stories and he would tell them over the years he'd hear the same stories over and again never necessarily got tired of hearing them now they seem like the things that I remember most about my father and my father's still alive but 75 years old obviously his best days are behind him unfortunately but my father is something else man he was like that character 
from the big fish. He's still got those stories in him. I'd love to extract them from him and hear him tell him, you know, a few more times before he leaves this earth. He's like that guy from the big fish. He would come in and come home and tell these stories about Asbury Brown, the giant lineman who was a Marine and his father was a Marine, his wife was a Marine, all his kids are Marines, and the guys used to look, he was so big and strong that the guys on the line come from the line company used to attack him and he used to beat the shit out of him, shrug him off like they're nothing. Or the other exploits I've told you about. I mean, there's, there's so many of them that I almost, I forget, you know. I was talking to him, I was talking to my sister earlier the other day, there's, saying there's somebody that dad used to always come home telling stories about this woman who worked for the line company. And her name was Claudia. I couldn't think of her name initially, but then I spat it out and I said, Claudia, my sister said, oh yeah. So this woman, you know, she worked, she lived in a, in a very kind of downtrodden area of an otherwise eh, kind of a flourishing community. There was this one area where a lot of minorities happened to live, and there was a lot of crime in the area, and there was a lot of poverty, a lot of drugs, and you didn't want to be caught there if you weren't from there, and that, that sort of place, place with an attitude, and uh, kind of a bad reputation, frankly, but this woman, she would do man's work, and I don't say it to be chauvinist, she would do, drive around on a line truck, climb telephone poles, do all this heavy lifting and dirty work and deal with all these rough characters and all their bullshit and probably, probably plenty of bigotry. And my father loved this woman, you know. He he would always talk about her very flatteringly, like she would, had all this on her plate. She raised all these kids that weren't hers, her kids' kids, and kids were um, varying degrees of... Um, impairment due to parents who were drug addicts. She raised all these kids and dealt with all their learning disabilities and helped them. And after she went home from doing all this crazy hard work. And I asked him about her, I don't know, three, four or five years ago. He said that she actually called him, was on some, had retired and was on some trip about to embark on some trip across the country or whatever. My mother nodded like, yeah, she had called. And I just think about these people who might have been ordinary folks, and although the, although nothing that I just described about this character was is ordinary, the extraordinary things that she was able to do in doing this hard work and dealing with all this bullshit and uh, going home and raising all these kids and dealing with all this, you know, talk about having a bad day. This woman just, she just fucking churned on through all of it. Maybe her faith compelled her, keep going, maybe it was whatever. But, anyway, I think about this woman, this character that was part of my father's life and the stories that he would tell about her. And how they kind of, not kind of, they, it didn't even matter. It's almost like they didn't even, it didn't matter if they were real. 
the stories, or if they, or if the character could even measure up, was as extraordinary as mm-hmm. as the stories. I remember the stories being. They never are, are they? You know, things are never really as fantastic as as you true as you imagine you imagine them to have been. But it's it's like a, it's like a character come alive. My father was like this guy from The Big Fish. Maybe a lot of dads are like that. A lot of parents are like that. A lot of people we know that we looked up to had stories like that that we can remember and we can reflect upon and embellish on and keep alive. Think about what are our stories, the things that... Like I was talking to a good friend this morning about, you know, why do you get into podcasting? Well, what's my story about that? Well, I listened to a lot of Joe Rogan. I heard I was pretty cool. Check out podcasts. I got on there. I liked what I heard. I went on YouTube. I liked what I saw. I liked the guests. I liked the interaction. I liked the, the laughs that I got. You know, I was never into those, like, variety shows or... Um, whatever, Johnny Carson, Jay Leno, they're such a big part of, of America, but I was never so much into those, but I can appreciate a good character, obviously, I was just trying to figure out, you know, where this came from, when did I start podcasting, I, I feel I, I feel like it started obviously with my father and maybe before my father or simultaneously my grandfather, my paternal grandfather. He would write down everything, like his daily activities, things that went on. I'm thinking like, wow, you know, there he had to he had to have a knack for noticing some interesting things, and did those interesting things that he populated his letters with. I mean, some of it was filler, some of it was redundancy, some of it was boring and not noteworthy. But I, I wonder if my grandfather, if he took these ordinary things and imagined them to be more extraordinary. I wonder if he embellished. I wonder if there was something about his personality that attracted him to these various characters and and made his observances something worth telling, worth recording. So I don't know. When I podcast, it has become a stream of consciousness. I don't know if any of it's noteworthy. I know I have some friends, people that are close to me that, that tune in and seem to find some humor and some interest in the things that I talk about. I try to Entertain as much as I can, but a lot of it's just really just talking. And I don't know, maybe someday my kids or somebody will look back and say, Man, listen to some of these stories. What's he going to talk about today? Distill or take something away from just my conversations that I've had. Things that go on. 
So anyway, I was thinking about that quite a bit lately, about my father, my grandfather, and other people that I know and love who I looked up to and had the opportunity to observe over the years, and the stories that they have to tell. It interests me. Is it nature or nurture? What do other people experience when they go through life? How do they view things? Do they look at this just as monotonous? Which life can be. You know, Life can be monotonous. If you look at it through that lens of time to make the donuts, time to go to work, time to go to school, time to pay the bills. You have to find some joy. You have to build some joy into it. You have to see the story. And if we leave behind a good story or two or ten character that we told the same story about and amused people, made people laugh, made people feel, made people think, then I think that's cool. So that's why I do what I do here. There's been times when I've had some guests on and I've, there are some friggin' large and in charge characters, let me tell you. Some people that I won't buy, my St. Bernard, he was in Vietnam, he's, he's a had all kinds of crazy stories. A tre- tremendous human being. I love him. I haven't seen him in a long time. My other friend Guido. He's a Buddhist monk. He's had incredible stories to tell. Unbelievable human being. I haven't seen him for a while. Yep. There's the kids. I think they're doing a, uh, the R&J... Farmer's Market uh, Cornfield Maze Good night for it 57 degrees And overcast and Not a lot lot of visibility Um, Alright, let me shift gears here So that's that's just my thoughts on that The big fish I'm going to revisit that I really want to reinforce that Narrative, that story That Experience Of Oh, and, and let me bring that full circle. At the end of The Big Fish, I remember that all these characters that the son kind of were like always assumed were false and all these stories that were he thought were a bunch of bullshit. When his father passed and he the life drained from him, the people who came to attend his funeral... You know, were the guy who who was actually a fish, and the looked like a carnival unloaded. All these people, big tall guy, short guy, you know, a bearded lady. All these these individuals. You know, remember the time I ran away for uh, I worked in the circus for however long, and, and all these stories would unfold. The father would tell the son these stories across life, and and at some point the son, I remember him getting impatient and and uh, disgusted a little bit, turned off by all these stories. It's like, Dad, stop telling these stupid stories. Nobody wants to hear him. Like, he would get grown patient with his, his aged father and kind of slight these stories, and then lo and behold, these were all true. It didn't have to be literally true, right? 
There's a beauty to those stories. The stories prevent us from losing it, don't they? Don't they keep us amused? So I think it's interesting. So these are some stories today. Um, I talked to a friend about, uh, I said, uh, I know she likes Tom Brady. Loves him, you know, admires him. He's definitely worth our admiration. I said, yeah, you know, he's playing, you know, uh, hear about the guy, Tom Brady. I guess he won his millionth touchdown, career touchdown or whatever. And, you know, Mike Evans, who he threw the touchdown to, threw the ball into the crowd and the guy in the crowd gave it back. (coughs) Tom Brady gave him a Bitcoin, which I don't know how much what one Bitcoin is worth, but it's a lot of money, I think. I think a fraction of a Bitcoin is pretty expensive, in fact. So he gave this guy, nothing for Tom Brady, he gave him a Bitcoin. He's starting to sell Bitcoin, right? Or, you know, advertise for it. And in the in the commercial that I saw with him in it, Tom is saying, like, you know, hey, you know, hey, you want to buy some Bitcoin? The guy's like, ah, you're overrated. He goes, yeah, okay. Like, no, I'm not. You know I'm not. Like, pulled the guy's punk card. Guy was saying, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Your recommendation doesn't mean that much. He goes, yeah, it does. Basically, because he's so credible. He's such a, a tremendously gifted athlete and apparently such a wonderful human being. He does all kinds of, you know, uh, charitable things as well. He's a good guy. He's among the best individuals we have in this country, perhaps the world. He's, he's earned, you know, what he's achieved and he's won everyone's respect so much so that my friend says yeah you know <laughs> he's got, he's done all these things he helps all these people and now he's collecting all these bad guys and so that's our our, our second little segment here collecting bad guys he's so good that he's collecting bad guys to rehabilitate all these fuckheads you know, the Antonio Browns, uh, the Josh Gordons, who she said admitted he didn't wasn't able to successfully rehab him. Uh, Gronk, you know, I'm not that Gronk's a, necessarily a bad guy, but he, there's been a bunch of people who he's basically said, you know what, when he went down, when he left the Patriots and he went down to Tampa Bay, and I'm not an authority in football, but... He basically called up who's who. Uh, Richard Sherman, he just brought down there. So he's inviting these incredibly talented athletes who are probably giant human beings, giants and tremendous human beings as well. You know, they're not all broken toys. But, you know, some personal life is fucked up. This one might have a drug problem. This one can't, you know, keep it together, can't fuck, whatever it is. He is so good and such a leader that he is able to focus these people and help them regain their edge and maximize on their strengths and become better people. Think about that for a moment. That's leadership. That's true leadership. When you can inspire other people to better themselves, that is, will be his greatest accomplishment. And I think that is awesome. 
And so TB12, absolutely. Um, I mean, that, that transcends sports. That's doing good. So wonderful. Okay? For all the Tom Brady haters, you're out of your fucking mind. Okay, secondly, or, or the third segment is this. Holy shit. I'll tell you what. Talk about a character. This person I met years ago. And brief interaction was saying some crazy things that it was kind of like political, fiery political rhetoric before that was like the thing to do. Like before the last, before COVID, people call it the COVID times and all the Trump and Biden and, you know, riot on the Capitol and all that shit. Terrible terrible stuff, divisive political shit that has consumed America and the world. This person was kind of coming at me years ago with stuff like that, and I just wasn't having it, you know. It's a brief interaction. Helped the individual, sent them on their way. Contacts us over the last couple of weeks, said, hey, I need to come in, you know, I got this going on. So I said, oh, shit, here we go. Gosh. At the center of things, you know, what really got my attention and what is like distillation of the crazy of this individual, said that uh, had COVID a while back, got it, and then it came in on a hurricane. It came in like a hurricane. Luke Combs song. Let's listen to a little Luke Combs tonight, and that's the name of the song. Came in like a hurricane. Thunder, lightning, even like a hurricane. This person said that they caught COVID a long time ago via a hurricane and said a bunch of other crazy things too. Gave me this whole story about how, you know, had an altercation and some crazy things were going on and thinking people were out to get them and said that there was a legal issue under uh, happening and that as a result of this altercation and didn't trust the legal system because it came from the British that when we drove the British out in the Revolutionary War, they one of the things that they established before they left was the Bar Association. B-A-R stands the British whatever. I don't know if that was an acronym, but it makes sense that the 
Bar Association is an acronym, and it's about monetizing legal stuff. And when they, somebody tells you that you agree with what they have to say, uh, or I understand, that means that you... Like, if you say that, that means that you agree with everything. Do you understand your rights under the U.S. legal, whatever? Something like that. Like, you, when you understand, that means you stand under them, this person said. You, you stand under them, which means that they own you. They legally own you, that you agree to everything they're saying, and so you should never say, I understand, when you are being prosecuted or whatever. So, I mean, it's boggling my mind with these things, and I'm listening to this person, and I'm trying to, you know... And, sympathize, can't empathize, trying to sympathize, like, how can I help you, and I hope this is going to be okay, I hope you have representation, and they say, oh no, I'm not going to do it that way, because I'm not going to go that route, it's a big racket, it's about money, it's about control, it's about all these things, I'm saying, God, you're fucking nuts. And that stuff was like, I'm not going to call it the icing on the cake, but that that stuff was zany as well. But the fact that you think that you would assert that a hurricane brought COVID to you because you hadn't been around anybody, you don't know how you would have contracted it then. That you think it's it's more likely that you contracted COVID via a hurricane than some miscellaneous whatever, you know, passing someone in the street, going food shopping, the minuscule viral particle on an envelope that the postal service delivered or pumping your gas or some airborne whatever, the setting that you're in. You don't know where you would have got it from. So it must have come from a hurricane. It came in like a hurricane. I mean, it's like the big fish, man. Talk about amusement. Talk about a story to tell. I guess my point would be that, God, there are, there are some, you, you, going through life day to day, it's like you're opening up a storybook, man, and you might think that it is uh, fictional, but oftentimes it's non-fiction, man. And I, you know, I, sometimes I tell these stories about things that you almost wouldn't believe. 
seem like, wow, that's, that's nuts, you know, somebody's, yeah, but think about that, have you ever, um, would you ever think that you could contract COVID by storm systems? You know, you think about it, it seems far-fetched, right, but they say that, you know, storms can pick up, you ever see that shit where, you know, you can have uh, a bunch of frogs or whatever will all of a sudden be dumped in a desert or something like that or on somebody's roof from a water spout or whatever. Or um, you ever hear that much of the pollution that uh, we experience here, air pollution and stuff in the United States or in various parts of the world, they actually come from other places, or like the, that, that there might be a haze, an appearance of the moon tonight because of the fires out west. Remember that? So it's, it's, it's not altogether impossible that a viral particle, a minuscule particle that, you know, I don't know, trillions of which could be picked up on the in the storm system and taken on the winds and distributed wherever. I don't know if they can survive that. The viruses are not necessarily alive, some scientists believe. They're basically a piece of genetic material inside a little membrane. So... Anyway, I just have never heard of it um, claimed that it was the weather that is bringing, you know, infectious disease across the lands. Is that possible? You know? But how crazy to say that that's how you contracted something. I picked up uh, COVID because a hurricane brought it in. That's bizarre. Right? And look up that thing about the Bar Association. I'm going to look that up. What is the Bar Association? Is that an acronym? I have a couple friends who are lawyers. I'm going to ask one tonight. I'm going to reach out to him, message him, and say, hey, Bar Association. Is that derived from the British? Just one more thing, just amusing because it's uh, Halloween this weekend, which had crept up on us pretty quick. Um, So this guy does these, um, this job he's doing right now, he takes these cameras, like a 3D camera, and he brings it inside the house, and it does like a scan. So let's say you're, it's, it's for a realty company, so he takes his camera, he goes inside people's houses that are going to be for sale, let's say somebody's going to 
this put this house on the market. The realty company goes in, and they hire a guy like this. And he goes in and he does three D scans of the house, takes that information back, and some calculations are conducted where say, okay, you know, this is the house, you know, and then the potential clients. I think it produces a video and stuff, so clients can then look at it and gauge, you know, what the house is worth and can ultimately sell your house using this technology. I I don't understand much more of it than that, but it sounds pretty cool. He says he goes in his house that had, like, red lights all over the place and pentagrams and... shit like that and the guy who was renting the place was he was pretty nice the guy I said I noticed my friend I was talking who told me the story I said you know you're a type of person like he's a young guy handsome he's got this face where the type of person you could tell something and he just kind of takes it, takes it in. Maybe if it's funny or if he perceives that you're trying to make him laugh or amuse him, he'll do a quick little smile and a, you know, a kind smile and a snicker. But other than that, he's just kind of like, he'll walk through a guy's apartment that has got red lights and pentagrams and all kinds of kind of weird, dark stuff like that. And he said the guy told him that he's got a a cat that is like somehow African it's got part you know it's got African blood in it and it is like twice the size of a regular cat and it is part cheetah or something and it is hiding in the house scared of him or uh, then I'm imagining so imagine my friend walking through this like haunted house sort of scenario where it's a devil worshiper and who's got red lights maybe who knows maybe the guy was planning a Halloween party right right maybe the guy was like trying out the the ambiance for his uh, Halloween party that's coming up this weekend. And here's my buddy going through with a 3D scanner, camera, realty shit, and the guy's trying to freak him out or whatever, but... I mean, doesn't that make the mind run a little bit wild? I... I, what, the, what I find the most amusing about it is that just the way my friend is, he's the type of guy, he's a cool guy. He's young, so he's handsome. He's done some traveling. He's gone out and, you know, been a snowboard bum for a while, tried that for a year or a season or whatever. Went to Hawaii for several months lived there 
and done some things that a lot of people don't have the courage to do. You know what I mean? Like people, how many people stay safe? They they stay close to home. They asshole. Fucking high beams. How many people stay close to home? And they never take the chances that they that they dream of. They do this because they're just trying to be safe, trying to mitigate risk. I understand that. I understand why people would you know, called self-preservation. But anyway, my buddy, he's one of these guys where he's young, but he's got a level of maturity about him. And he's got this just friendly face where he just, kind of like a surfer guy, it's like, you know, you walk into a, you know, a freaking Satanist, Satanist's freaking Satan worshiper's house, and you're like, Hey man, I guess this is what you're into. I'm just here to do my job. I'll be out of your way in a little bit. You know what I mean? So I think that that's that's funny, and it's also funny that uh, the people that you meet when you're walking down the street, people that you meet each day. A few minutes from home here going to finish it out. Looking forward to head home and have a nice dinner, watching some, uh, Walking Dead with the family. That's something that I never thought I'd say we were doing, but really do enjoy it. If you're interested in a good show, check out The Walking Dead. There are some moments where it's a little bit gross. The zombies are chasing you, trying to eat you or whatever, but some really good stories. I told you about that. Really good uh, plot. So we're giving that a chance. Eat some dinner, watch the zombie movie. Hit the rack. Wake up tomorrow. Heading into uh, teach some lecture, head to the office for a few hours, and then going to watch my son's final football game, championship game. And I've already claimed that their team was undefeated, so I hope I didn't jinx them. But that's what I believe to be true. That's what he told me. That this last game is an exhibition against a bunch of preppies, like a private school or whatever. So I hope they freaking kill these kids tomorrow. Figuratively. Figuratively speaking. I'll tell you, there's definitely something in the air right now. I don't know if you feel it. There's been a little bit of a weird week. 
in some senses. So, perpetually bracing myself to perceive what is what is going to happen next, because you never know. But, I look forward to it, watching the story unravel. Alright, love and respect. Huh!